All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, or ERP therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit nocd.com. That's nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. For people in the state of Kentucky, you can go to kentuckyocd.com. That's K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y-O-C-D.com and book a session with me. I mean, to my mind, it it's like, okay, you're either not doing compulsions or you are. And the claim is among the pure O community that we're not doing compulsions, hence pure O, right? It's only obsessions and anxiety that is elicited by them, but there's no compulsions. So I would say either you are doing compulsions and they're subtle and you're failing to identify them as such, or you're not doing compulsions. And again, the pure O community would say we're not doing compulsions, So I think that where this goes wrong is individuals who are identifying themselves as part of the pure O community, they engage rumination, but they don't identify it as such. And I think that to a certain degree, that's understandable because then you get into this whole thing of the difference between intrusive thoughts and ruminative thoughts. And, and that's frankly, it's pretty technical and it, and it is, it's, it's hard to identify in the moment on the ground floor the difference between intrusive thoughts, that is to say obsessions, and ruminative thoughts, that is to say compulsions. It feels like it's purely obsessional. And I think, again, that that makes sense. The trouble is there's no way out of the woods when we fail to identify compulsions. But to be fair, yeah, I think that Puro is a thing intermittently across anxiety diagnoses and OCD subtypes. You know, so I mean, I think that you see it in generalized anxiety disorder quite a bit. I think that you see it in social anxiety disorder where individuals are ruminating on sequences of events to include most particularly conversations that they've had with other people where the fear is that they embarrass themselves or so they're going through their memory bank relative to a specific conversation over and over again to reassure themselves that they weren't being judged or that they didn't embarrass themselves. I think that you see it in illness anxiety disorder. In a similar way, individuals will recall conversations that they had with their doctor, or they'll recall tests that were administered. Uh, They'll recall uh, lists of symptoms, and they'll do internal checking uh, relative to how they're feeling and, and whether or not this or that symptom means that they're sick with a condition of some kind. So I I think that you see these kinds of internal or mental compulsions happening for individuals, again, across uh, the anxiety community to include OCDers. What you don't see is an individual dealing with clinical anxiety who engages zero 
behavioral responses to include rumination. You see individuals who are engaging responses that might be difficult to detect, that might hide in plain sight, and even individuals who engage rumination as a primary response very, very typically still engage jaw clenching, leg bouncing, uh, white knuckling, uh, making fists with their toes, reassuring themselves, seeking reassurance from others, blocking out intrusive thoughts, and so on. They engage not just ruminative responses, but other kinds of responses as well. But these responses are quite typically very, very subtle. So, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've had conversations with people who've claimed I'm pure O. Uh, and have had, you know, Billy Bob, whomever say, oh yeah, you're pure O. But when we pop the hood and we sort of, we begin talking about the specifics of what they're doing in the moment that they're anxious, it's like, oh yeah, I, I do that. I bite my nails. I, I pick my skin. I bounce my legs. I clench my jaw. I block out my intrusive thoughts. I seek reassurance from others. I reassure myself. You know, like it, all these behaviors start popping out, but they're subtle. They're longstanding and they're not identified by these people as compulsive. And so they just say, well, I'm pure O. And it's like, no, you're not pure O. And I'm not trying to get all like, you know, I'm right and you're wrong about it. Like, see, no, I'm trying to say, let's hope that you're not. Because it's like, if you're pure O, I don't know how to stop this bitch. Because like when you look at the evidence-based protocol, it's called exposure and <clears throat> response prevention. Why? Because the way that we beat the system is by pulling the responses out of it. You know, it's like I say, you got to pull the C out of the OCD system. And when you do that, it'll unravel and fall apart. And these individuals are claiming there is no C in my system. Not like it's subtle, not like, oh, well, yeah, it's ruminative, it's mental. No, they're saying there is no C. There's no such thing in my system. And so I would say, well, how do you treat that then? So I received an email from a, from a listener who says, I just listened to a podcast from June 23rd titled, Why Do I Have These Intrusive Thoughts? You talked about how compulsions help you feel better in the moment and how to make the OCD get better is to stop doing the compulsions. Wondering if you can give advice on pure OCD where it's just constant, awful, scary thoughts that there are no compulsions. If someone has harm and scrupulosity OCD and there's not much they have to do to make the thought stop compulsion wise, what do you suggest? Thank you. And I would say, okay, there's not much they're doing or there's nothing that they're doing. And this is why I talk to you about the importance of identifying and stopping compulsions. Uh, and this is why I say things to you like notice what you're doing in the moment that you're anxious. Pay attention. Pay attention attention to what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's like all hands on deck. Look at this with your eyes open. Really think about what you're doing. And I would say, don't just look once. Look over and over and over. Look carefully. What are you doing when you're anxious? What are you doing? Are, are you finding that you're subtly avoiding situations or objects or people that tend to elicit anxiety or cause intrusive thoughts for you? Are you finding that you're reassuring yourself? Oh, oh, it's that's just my OCD. It's going to be okay. Or I remember so-and-so said, don't worry about that. That's an irrational thought you know, or whatever it is. So maybe some of these are really, really subtle behaviors. Maybe some of these are things that you've done for a long, long time.
time and you don't tend to think of them as compulsions. And I would say OCD loves that. It loves for you to think of compulsions as things that are not compulsions. They're just things that you've done for a long, long time or, or they're things that maybe other people have done for you, like reassuring you. And so you recall the reassurance or you bounce your legs, or you grit your teeth, or you clinch your fists, right? Or you block out the thoughts, just don't think about it. Like I told you in the last episode, lots of therapists will say, just distract yourself. So maybe it's distraction. Again, it's what are you doing? Pay attention. What are you doing when you're anxious specifically to try and not be anxious, to try and not have the intrusive thoughts? Like if you're noticing any behavior that's falling into that category, identify it as a compulsion and try and stop doing it. So again, I think that across the anxious community to include OCDers, you're going to find intermittent moments where individuals are not engaging obvious compulsions, but instead they're engaging these invisible mental compulsions like rumination. And for these individuals, the trouble is beginning to distinguish between the intrusive thought that is to say the obsession, and the ruminative thought, that is to say the compulsion. And that's no easy thing. And I think for lots of these people, they're misperceiving that it's all just obsessional. It's all just their intrusive thinking when, when in reality, no, there's some responsive thinking that's going on as well. And so since they're not identifying any obvious compulsions, they erroneously think of themselves as pure owers. And so to the individual writing in, I would say, look hard, look hard at what you're doing uh, from ruminative responses to subtle motor responses. Look hard. In the case of harm, I think very typically individuals with harm OCD are, are avoiding. They're avoiding touching knives. They're avoiding using knives. Uh, they'll avoid driving. They'll have somebody else drive or they'll take public transportation or they'll drive, but they'll drive well under the speed limit. For individuals with scrupulosity, they'll seek tons and tons of reassurance from priests or from pastors. They'll engage inordinate uh, volumes of prayer and they'll confess sins or mistakes and they'll seek forgiveness. Sometimes individuals with scrupulosity will avoid going to uh, religious services or gatherings uh, because they don't want to have anxiety. They don't want to have the intrusive thoughts. Again, pay attention to what you're doing. If you're doing something to not have the intrusive thought, i.e. not going to church or not holding a knife or not driving or driving really, really slowly, whatever it is, these are compulsive behaviors. In addition to the rumination, remembering sequences of events and, and conversations and lists of information, including reassuring yourself and so on and so forth. All these pieces are not just ruminative, but compulsive. And so the idea that, well, I just don't do any compulsions sets up something of a hopeless situation for the individual with the so-called pure OOCD. Because if I'm not doing any compulsions and my OCD is still thriving, like I'm screwed. It's like the stagecoach racing headlong toward the cliff and there's no ability to slow it down or stop it. It's just a matter of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we going to do to stop the pure O system? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. 
we're going to identify the compulsions that are happening. We're going to reject the notion that there are no compulsions and we're going to find the compulsions. They're subtle. They're hiding in plain sight. They're invisible because they're mental. Whatever they are, but they are responses we're engaging for the purpose of trying to prevent or manage either intrusive thoughts or the anxiety that they cause. There is no such thing as the pure O OCD subtype. There is such a thing as anxious individuals who have intermittent occasions during which they're engaging ruminative responses. Your job is to identify like if you're still anxious and you were this anxious last month and you were this anxious the month before and this anxious the month before that, the reality of the situation is the system is functioning well, right? The engine is running. The engine has not been stopped, right? If your system of symptoms is functioning, then you're engaging responses to keep it going, right? If my, if my mosquito bite continues to itch, it's because somehow I'm scratching it. If the dog continues to come to the, the table day after day after day after day to get food, it's because he or she is being rewarded, meaning food is being given. The, the system doesn't just keep going and going and going without means to continue. So if you're having intrusive thoughts and the anxiety that they cause week after week after week after blessed week, it is because you're doing compulsions. There is no such thing as the pure O OCD subtype. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help with your anxiety or OCD symptoms.